0: Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
2: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now it's time to drop some knowledge
0: Welcome in, everybody. I am Scott Kennedy. I will be sitting in for host Chad Jensen, your football priest, one half of it. The other half is sitting over on this side of me, over here. Zach Kelberman, you know him. Uh, Chad will be out today and tomorrow. I will be sitting in, so hopefully you won't, you know, everything will be okay. Zach and I like to have fun doing this. And Zach, I was thinking, this might be our first aftermath together. We've done some stuff, but I think this is our first post-game we've ever had. I think you're right. And what
3: a what a gut reaction pot to have, Scott. You know, the Broncos for yet another situation, whether it's a regular season game or a joint practice, they kicked the manure out of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. I know it's (laughs) preseason, but that was domination. It should have been 17-0 final. The Cowboys got a garbage time touchdown, but there's so much to be encouraged about, Scott, by the Broncos' performance. We'll get into it tonight.
0: I know it's it's funny. You look at the, the box score and stuff. You know, I, I titled this thing Manhandle because I watched the game and it sure felt like the Broncos manhandled them. I mean, uh the Cowboys did enough self-employed. I think one of the uh it was the 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 Broncos crew had the the television call. So I was listening to them, they were piping it in. And I heard something they go I don't remember who it was, maybe in Chad Brown. He says, The Cowboys have shot themselves in the foot so many times. I don't know if they have any toes left. Uh, I was <laughs> like, That sounds about right. But yeah, there's a lot to be there's some good, there's some bad, there's some ugly. There always is. And uh, we've got plenty to get into tonight. want to say hello to some folks real quick. First off, I want to say hey to Dylan. Uh, Dylan has come in and he says, broncos country what's up make sure you hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already thank you for everything you do dylan we're glad you're here wth is here as well good afternoon good evening duke rose jay valentine comes in he says any jonas update yes uh yes the jonas griffith update the early bad news it's like why are you playing starters you know you you need to play these guys I, i mean it's a dangerous sport but guys need to play um you know, especially with his limited experience as he has on the whole. And it was a dislocated elbow. Uh, Jonas is out four to six weeks and he could be back as soon as week one. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he was, uh, will he be full speed though? You know, that remains to be seen. It's hard to do any kind of upper body strength and right. conditioning training when you, you know, when you dislocate an elbow and my God, how bad would that hurt? Zach, I've done some injuries, lots of broken bones. That sounds awful a dislocated elbow. No, thank you.
3: Yeah, it does. It, it sucks for Jonas Griffith, who is really having a strong training camp. And you know, I- injuries do happen and you have to play some of the starters or key backups, but it's just disconcerting Scott. When the second play of the game, the Broncos lose another player to injury. It's a continuing theme, whether it's a practice or a game. Now the injury bug won't stay away and we won't get into the strength and conditioning aspect of it. We hope it's just a bad luck kind of thing fortunately it could have been worse he could have like broke his elbow but not for the entire season so like you said he's coming back maybe by week one uh not much longer than that though and uh, he'll be part of the inside linebacker rotation on the plus side though his absence allowed Justin Sternod to step in and I've not been a Sternod fan the last year <laughs> or so and he really had a, a pretty solid game yesterday I would say
0: um I I agree I was pleased with how just you know we we talked poorly about Justin Sternod I mean Reflecting of his play, it wasn't that good. It was always the, you know, the it's the backup quarterback syndrome. You know, this this guy's not playing very well, so let's give the guy behind him a chance. He's got to be better. Well, he was a backup for a reason, and when he came in, he didn't look great. He looked better. A little experience, yeah. uh, a little maturing is good for you, and he did. He was one of several guys I thought that that were second year, third year type players that I thought had a uh, had a, a a good a good group. Um, what Singleton looked okay, to be honest with you. I thought he looked serviceable, uh, you know, which is what you're what you're looking for out of it in this scheme, Zach. Serviceable is what you want out of your inside linebackers. True. You're not yeah. asking them to be, you know, the monsters in the midway, uh, Mike Singletary of old playmakers. You're just looking for keep things in front of you. I think Alex Singleton was Alex Singleton.
3: We all know he'd mm-hmm. be good against the run, but the times I saw him in coverage yesterday, he looked quite frankly lost. And he's just not a guy I want out there covering the Travis Kelseys or the Darren Wallers one-on-one. Fortunately, though, it seems like he'll be like an early down run stuffer, special teamer. Uh, Good depth to have now because of the Jonas Griffith injury.
0: And, Phil, thank you for the stars, my friend. And uh, we've got Raul coming in, and he has a a, a comment slash question. Is it premature to admit the coaches were correct in moving Baron Browning from inside linebacker to edge? That move caught some heat but edge is more value position i think they were 100% correct in their assessment um i don't know if we'll unless he just becomes a superstar at edge i don't know if we'll ever really know what he could have been you know cuz you're right if he a good edge is better than is more valuable than a good inside linebacker i ran through the numbers as far as the pay goes and it's like the 20th highest paid edge is making about six times more than the 20th paid inside linebacker. I mean, the, it'll tell you the, the, the money will tell you which is more valuable to general managers. So it is absolutely more valuable. Uh, we don't know how good he's going to be at edge. Uh, it was a preseason game and we don't know, and we may never know how good he could have been at inside linebacker, but if he ends up being a plus edge rusher, yes, it was the way to go it's it's a much more valuable position you're 100% correct Raul I think it's premature to
3: say they were correct because we don't know, you know, we have Mm -hmm. one game of sample size to go on and it's Baron Browning going up against the Cowboys scrubs, the second and third teamers. Quite frankly, Scott, he should be able to whip them one-on-one. He should be able to get around the edge and get to the quarterback, but not taking anything away from Baron. He was my player of the game. He was all over the field. He was the type of impact player. The Broncos were missing in the Vic Fangio era. I think the bigger theme here, Listen, the Broncos forced a turnover with P.J. Locke. They're getting sacks. They're causing havoc. They held the Cowboys off the scoreboard for the most part. This is a new and improved defense. And at least for one game, uh, Browning was the benefactor. But my thing is, like what you said, Scott, we won't know for sure because at edge rusher, he's not going to be a starter. So we're only going to have limited sample sizes to go on and and, uh, with him being a rotational player. But for that one preseason game, he was very good.
0: Yet. He might not be a starter yet. This is a, a long-term thing. I think because if, if, he, if he starts having an impacted Edge, he'll never see another sniff at inside linebacker. You'll, you know, yeah. he, one way or another, he's, he'll be playing Edge, whether it's for the Broncos or for somebody else. Rushing the passer is absolutely a premium. Howie Frickin' Day coming in. He says Virgil looked awesome. Sleeper to make the team if he repeats preseason game two. Thank you for the stars, Howie. Appreciate everything you do for us. And uh, let me see, we got James Richard coming in, too, with The Predator coming in. That was a cool movie, by the way, The Predator. I mean, watch the first and then forget about everything else after that. Uh, but comes in, coming in green. He says, here's what's crazy. We get the Chiefs both times, yet one-on-one, one-and-one with Chargers and Raiders. Uh, bold prediction, remember it. So he's he's saying three, four, four-and-two with a sweep of the Chiefs. That is a bold prediction, James. I like it. You know, I like you stepping out on the ledge there and
3: putting your name on what is a pretty hot take. I'd be really happy with um, a sweep. And I'm not, It's not a loser's mentality. I'm just being realistic. I'd be really happy going one-on-one with Kansas City, if only to end that losing streak and get it off the Broncos' backs once and for all. But yeah, mm. if they go 4-2 and two in the West, they have a really good shot not only of clinching a playoff berth, but actually taking that division. If they sweep Kansas City. It's looking really good.
0: Well, and that's the thing, Zach, this isn't like the weighted schedule of baseball days or even where, you know, the conference games are the only ones that matter, like college football. When you say who wins the conference, it was just your conference record. You know, it's like, oh, well, the West is going to beat up on each other. So what? You know, you can go three and three and finish 14 and three. Exactly. You know, you'll, you'll be fine. So uh, if they beat up on each other, as long as they're staying healthy, that's the key on this When Usually when we say we're beating up on one another, we just mean win and loss, win and loss, win and loss. Um, But if you watch the old Steelers and Ravens games, they really did beat up on each other. They weren't as good the next week. (laughs) Um, So it could be, you know, the old.
1: What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo, and I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates.
0: Again, you go three and three in division, you're going to be just fine in, in, in uh, against the rest of your schedule. Appreciate the comment, James. And I know that we had some, the lady in hot pink coming Michaela, in today, the Duchess. Michaela, thank you so thank much. You. And Michaela says, uh, "Was so happy to see the wide receivers stepping up. Johnson looked good too, much better." Than <laughs> yes. Um, go ahead. I want you to. I want to hear your take on uh, on Josh Johnson yesterday, and and on uh, Michaela's comment on the wide receivers. Listen, as I do
3: every podcast and radio show, I'm literally <laughs> knocking wood right now. But if Russell w- Wilson were to you go down what, at some would? point this season, I uh, would not. You know, cry that Josh Johnson's the one stepping in. I think you can get by with him based on what he showed, and based on what he showed last year in Baltimore. He's better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's basically what we thought we were getting in Teddy Bridgewater. And for a number two guy, I think he has that job signed, sealed, and delivered. Brett Ripon showed me nothing. Josh Johnson led two scoring drives. His arm looked good. He had good chemistry with the receivers. And Brandon Johnson, the other uh, receiver that stepped up, the other Johnson in this in this equation, I think Scott, he's inching really close to making the Broncos final roster he's been really having a solid training camp and it's encouraging that it's carried over into a
0: uh, game he is a player that has and I'm speaking of uh, wide receiver Johnson that we've heard a lot about now I'm looking at because the, the the numbers associated with Josh Johnson are still kind of mind-boggling to me 36 okay so I'm watching this guy and this is the first time I can really ever think I've, I've seen him, honestly. That's hard to believe considering he's played for everybody at least twice. Um, but as I'm watching him, I'm thinking, all right, I can see why this guy's still in the league at 36 years old. What I haven't seen yet, how has he been on 17 different teams? He's got plenty of tools. He's got a live arm where, you know, there's a difference between, oh, okay, I can step into it and javelin throw a ball 60 yards. And I can lean back off of my back foot and sling the ball with velocity on it. That's the difference between a strong arm and throwing the ball hard. It, it, it's, it, it's a different skill set. He's got a live arm. He's got mobility. He's got some moxie in him. Yes, it was preseason. But th- it certainly was not too big. His eyes certainly didn't get big, did they, Zach? Not
3: at all. I mean, he stepped in there and ran the offense like he's been in it for 10 years. And he's basically, like you alluded to, Scott, he's seen every offense. He's seen every play call. He's seen every playbook. He's played for almost the entire league. But, you know, again, if the Broncos, if you compare it to years past where their backups were like Jeff Driscoll or Brandon Allen or, dare I say, Drew Locke, I'm a lot more comfortable and I would feel a lot better if Johnson were to step in. And as a number two, I'm fine with it. He really impressed me last night
0: yeah you're again, there's a reason why he's never stuck somewhere. I haven't seen it because I haven't done enough homework on the guy, but you you certainly feel good if you need to come in and and steal a win somewhere because yeah. Russell Wilson is you know, hurt his shoulder and he's gonna be out for a week, okay? well, we can we can steal a win. We can lean on the running game. We'll get into that one a little bit too, Zach. We can go out there and and Cleveland Brown will win with a third-string quarterback and a fourth-string running back out there. Uh, this team is good enough. But uh, left McHale up there for a long time because uh, just wanted to see. We can never say thank you enough to Michaela. Yeah. So thank you, Michaela. And Sam Bam is coming in here orange. Thank you, Sam. The, uh, the Broncos orange as well. Sam says, evening, guys. I know it's only preseason, but I thought the Broncos looked great last night, and it's a sign of great things to come, I feel. Also, I thought the Cowboys looked like trash as well, which brings joy to my heart. (laughs) And uh, that was one of the things I wanted to hedge. You know, yes, the Broncos look great. And there's a bunch of things that we want to talk about. We haven't even said special teams yet. Um, When we start getting into the things that look good. um, But the the thing you need to remember is also, you're not going to run into a team maybe once this season that's going to have 17 penalties. And not just 17 penalties. Drive killers, drive extenders. Every time you think the Cowboys got a first down, holding number 70-something, offsides, okay. How do you line up offsides on a field goal, Zach? Who's (laughs) coaching this unit? I know who you think's coaching this unit. But they were disorganized, fire a coach, bad look last night. And I know it's preseason. I know it is. But disorganized, ill-disciplined, They looked terrible last night, terrible. And part of that was how bad the Broncos made them look. I know, but there's a bunch of stuff in there that's just bad football.
3: I could speak for I covered the Cowboys for, you know, close to three seasons and they're just all smoke and, and no substance each and every year. They're just phonies and frauds and they're poorly coached. Mike McCarthy does not deserve to be the Cowboys head coach. He should have been fired last year. But on the flip side of that, Scott, how nice is it that the Broncos are not getting out coached now? They're the ones out coaching the other team. I thought for Nathaniel Hackett's first ever game as a rookie head coach, he took it to Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl winner. I, I love the direction the Broncos are going on that side.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The things look crisp. Even the stuff that didn't work it could have been a timing thing or, you know, a play wasn't made. You're running a backup or I'm running my, you like, wait, who is that? I thought I knew all the guys on this team by now. And there's, you know, guys like 88th and 89th on the roster that, you know, are playing offensive line. Then I didn't know who they were defensive line. Hey, they're running up the middle. Who's that guy in the middle? I've never heard of him. <laughs> oh, he's been there for two days. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, Special teams though. I know this is a, a, subject near and dear to your heart it's a place that I saw your that you're usually wearing a hat so I had to picture the vein popping out in your head <laughs> a lot when you were talking about Tom McMahon I know it would mine um, but the special teams look at Montreal Washington as uh, Nathaniel Hackett said last night there's a reason why we drafted this guy it showed up quickly didn't it
3: Players make plays. That's that's you know that's the simplest thing. If they have the talent and they have the ball in their hands, good things will happen. And credit Zach Azani for recommending Dwayne Stukes, Montreal Washington in the draft process because look what that f- fifth round pick turned out to be. He is going to be a weapon, not just on specials, but on offense as well. Again, the Isaiah McKenzie, the Broncos should have had and never did. I thought the special teams was... I love to say it. Well coached. You know, you hit on Tom McMahon. Dwayne Stukes is such a monumental upgrade, not just on McMahon, but on Brock Olivo, which precedes your time on the Broncos beat Scott. He was pretty terrible as well. I think he lasted one season uh, on specials, though. Not much to get into besides Washington. But I thought Corliss Waitman, the punter, should get should get that job over Sam Martin. I, I think he showed his leg is uh, much better
0: uh bard o tripper comes in with a comment on youtube and that feels like a new name so welcome in bard O tripper glad you're here joining us tonight he says holy hell did you see henningson at least that's what i wrote down because yes i put it in my notes i've only got you know dozen notes or so number 91 burst through the cowboys offensive line and caused an errant throw and a turnover for us awesome stuff yeah i did see it because i typed in uh they forgot to block matt henningson on the first quarter interception oops um but that goes to the mentality you were talking about the plays and i see red coming in i want to make you know i'm going to come back to this point because when i see red i get distracted i'm easily distracted and in this case i don't mind wow i I, i'm going i see red i'm going like a bull we're going straight to red because d-dub has come in with a sledgehammer thank you dale so much dale comes in and he says defensive continuity is evident I love that the offense looked decisive. The players looked coached up. And at this point of the season, I think that says a lot. But early success, I will forego with working out the bugs and playing our best at the at the end of the year. Hack won me over. Um the, the one thing that that Nick and I said a lot, you know, I don't know what the Broncos are gonna do. I, I really don't. We, you know, we feel good about the way things are going. One thing, whether it was Dan Quinn or Nathaniel Hackett came in, one thing we promised is that there was going to be a culture change because Dan Quinn has this type of energy too. Very positive, very player-centric, very energetic. And we knew that about him coming in. We knew that about Nathaniel Hackett coming in. And they needed this so bad. This team needed an infusion of life. And my God, does it look like these guys are having fun playing and like playing for their coach? or what and it shows goodness it shows
1: getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you your family and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com rebates college can be expensive but saving now can help your students save later give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a thousand dollar savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders sign up today at iowastudentloan.org register
3: Dale, thank you so much. It's uh, the the D-bomb. That's what we're going to call it from now on, but you are so (laughs) gracious and so generous, and we appreciate you humbly uh, so, so much. Yeah, I mean, I was always a fan of Hackett. He didn't have to do much to win me over, especially when you compare him to Vic Fangio, but it seems like the players have bought into his message. They respect him. He's not just a player-friendly, Herman Edwards-type coach where they can have all fun. They don't have to work. They're going to work, and they're going to be better, and he's going to get on them um, when he needs to, but it was one preseason game again, the smaller sample size and it's preseason, not the regular season. So I'm going to pull a Denny green and I don't want to crown their asses just yet. You know, I'm going to (laughs) wait, let the regular season play out just a little bit, but I think the Broncos finally found their long-term head coach. They finally found the, the operation, including the quarterback and Russell Wilson, the GM and George Payton, everything. The structure is finally in place for the Broncos to succeed and succeed. They will.
0: Yeah. And the key there is having all three aspects of it. You've got the general manager, the coach, and the quarterback two out of 3 you'll get you five or six years and you can, you can do some really good football in that time. All three of them will get you 15 to 20 years. (laughs) Um, you know, and I think we got Russ for a while though, Dale, and I hope we've got you for a long while. It's certainly, you you certainly help keep the lights on, keep my forehead nice and shiny as I, I like to say. Um, so thank you so much. And I was thinking about, you know, Zach, you you broadcast angry, um, which you know I like. I like that. You know, when 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 things are going poorly, you know, I if, if things are bad, I want to find someone that's as mad as I am that has a voice that I have that expresses my views. And I was watching, you know, little things like, okay, we stopped the Cowboys with a minute left, and we were able to go down and get a field goal through good clock management. Yes. A first year head coach. Yes. How this is a first year head coach. I mean, I know he's not a, an offensive coordinator, but things like that. When's the last time you saw that of the Denver Broncos good clock management to end. And I don't want to hear the excuse. Well, they didn't trust a quarterback. They had Josh Johnson in there. They're running an offense. They were playing the way the game is supposed to be played, not making excuses. The idea And we can get back to this on the defensive side of the ball. I've said it before. You had an offense that played not to lose and a defense that played not to lose. That made you bad and boring. Last night, we saw blitzes. You know, I saw Alex Boring Singleton come straight up the middle. We saw Matt Henningsen come straight up the middle. We saw uh, Baron Browning, whose first real game at edge, as Zach said a moment ago, was my player of the game. He said that. I haven't said that. Don't disagree with him. Just want to make sure I'm uh, giving him his credit. And it was attack. It was attack mode. Yes, I like attack mode. It's more fun. The players are going to have more fun. We're going to have more fun.
3: In my defense, I haven't had a lot to be happy about the last five, six years covering the Broncos. So that's why I'm perpetually angry. But I'd love to be happy. You know, I'd love to have a broadcast where I'm just all smiles. And, you know, after one preseason game, you bring up a really, really great point, the clock management and the fact that Nathaniel Hackett, who is a younger head coach, you know, a rookie head coach, he knows when and how to use timeouts. It's one thing that eluded Vic Fangio for three seasons. How hard is it? Nathaniel Hackett proved it's not that hard. So, the, again, the Broncos finally have an adult back at the front of the table. I honestly think for Nathaniel Hackett's first game as coach, it could not have gone better.
0: How's this sound to you um, as far as clock management goes? Uh, penalty on a holding delay, whatever it was, on the offense. That penalty includes a 10-second t- sec- runoff, which the Denver Broncos have alleviated by taking their second time out of the half. So they used a timeout to save a 10-second runoff and still went down, made a field goal attempt. Bronco, the Cowboys line off offsides because they were morons last night. And, and uh, McManus... Chips in a 52-yarder instead of missing the 57-yarder. 17-zip. Hello, wow. Michaela. Wow. Boom. Thank you. Not to be outdone. No, nobody's going to outdo you. Not in our hearts. Not in Broncos country. And doesn't, you, we don't love you. Of course. Uh, coming in, the lady in red. She was hot pink earlier. She changed into her red dress <laughs> for the second half of the show. Thank you. Or whatever you want to be. Pantsuit. I don't care what it is. I hate to assume. Uh, but you know, I hear we, we've talked about the lady in red and, uh, I think the, the, the long red dress and thank you so much, Michaela, you kick ass and you know that.
3: Oh, you fancy, huh? Michaela red dress. Well, we definitely appreciate it though. I'll, all, you know, all jokes aside, you are incredible. And Michaela, you'll never be outdone because you are a linchpin member of the MHH community. This podcast quite literally would not be the same without your presence. Thank you so you much.
0: Know, you know, and I'm gonna go back to back here because she's already in with the hat trick thank you green Don't talk green, about it. The green sash too so will brandon <laughs> john this will be a question for you zach will brandon johnson yes. be the tim patrick replacement this season i'm rooting for him
3: i think it's not one guy necessarily first of all i want to see who makes the broncos roster at receiver because they have a smorgasbord right now of like backup types com- competing for a spot on the 53 i thought brandon johnson was the best of the bunch yesterday i love his catch radius they need a possession receiver they don't need a speed demon, and they need that guy with sure hands. And Brandon Johnson showed his hands were pretty sure, but so did Kendall Hinton, so did Seth Williams. Uh, saying, you know the Berber possession guy game. was.
0: You know, I I talked about him, six round pick last year. Uh, I went to Auburn. I watched him. I, I don't remember. I didn't watch any Auburn last year, but I did watch Seth Williams a little bit at Auburn, and he's got lots of tools. He he's just he's a big body, strong, get it near me, I'll catch it type of receiver. Can he get the separation on this level? You know, I'm not sure, but he is. Uh, when it, when he's been out there, Zach, he's he's done well. He's looked he's looked the part of that third and eight guy. Get it to him and get a first down. Move the sticks.
3: My question though is like they have four locks right now. If you consider you know Judy uh, Corlin Sutton. KJ Hamler and Montrell Washington. Scott, how many receivers are they keeping? Are they keeping six or seven? If they keep seven, they can keep all three of the ones I named. If they keep six, they're going to have to cut one.
0: And they all had good performances yesterday. Six in a practice squad that you flex a couple times. True. You know, so um, possibly. Yeah. But then we also start talking about, um, Hey, maybe I can flip one of these guys for a fifth round pick. Um, Hmm. You know, as, as they start going along a little bit, you know, which was, there was maybe that's who i was i was thinking of the receivers um when we were thinking about draft capital i'm like this is a good showing for these guys you know how, how is Peyton going to to load up on draft picks again this is a pretty good pretty good way i look at the uh let me see i look at the receivers from yesterday and they're one two three four five six seven 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 13 oh that's targets too i'm sorry 13. Minus zero, Mike Boone and Steve Scott were targeted, but didn't catch. So 11 different players caught passes yesterday. 11. I mean, Mm. that's backs and tight ends and receivers, but 11 different players. And most of the starters weren't even in. So there could be some options in there for uh, for trading a a little bit. Coming in also, Chief Big Belly. I feel like I would recognize that name. That feels like a new name to me because all I can think of is, man, that sounds awfully familiar.
2: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
0: So, uh, Oh, and here he says, he says, uh, I rarely catch live, but always watch after. Browning looks good early. Where did Virgil come from? I love the coaching so, so far. Denver Broncos for life. Well, cheap Big Belly, we're glad you're here. We are glad you're here. Glad you could catch us live tonight. Sorry you missed Chad. Um, I know if you're watching, watch the most of the time, you're probably hoping to see Chad and saw me instead, but hopefully we... Hopefully we'll make it up for you. Yeah. Jalen Virgil was a UDFA from app state and
3: uh, I loved his profile coming out of college and uh, the Broncos, I think, got a steal as a UDFA, but again, where does he fit in? They already have two speedy receivers in KJ Hamler and Montreal, Washington. They don't need a third necessarily. So Scott, you mentioned the practice squad stash. This could be that stash Jalen Virgil.
0: Yeah. And Phil comes in with some stars too, kind of saying the same thing. So even Zach and Scott, I thought Virgil and Hinton looked pretty good. Let's ride. Um, you know who I saw the other night playing for Detroit? Trinity Benson. You know Trinity was flipped for some for some draft capital. Uh, you know as these guys do well, it's it's almost like you know the, the old saying is, um, you know, I, the longer you're in this, especially when you're when you're working in sports, you end up rooting for the name on the back of the jersey instead of the name on the front of the jersey. And at this point of the season, you're almost a little afraid to get too attached to these guys. You're like, oh man, I love it. Did you see that play? He's out there. You know, they're in our colors. They're in our helmet. I love him. I love him. He got traded. Shite. What? You know, but that's part of it. That's a good opportunity for him. This is when we talk about guys coming in for camp as camp bodies or whatnot. Yeah, it's a, you get paid while you're there. Not huge money, but it's, it's a job. It's a way to earn, but it's also a shot, man. It's still a shot at the show. And, you know, if Virgil or Hinton or somebody like that, they could end up helping the team by being moved. It's a possibility. We mentioned a bunch of these receivers already. You're not going to keep nine guys. So, you know, maybe you can move some of them along and that's how they end up helping the team. And you say, thank you, Trinity Benson. I'm going to root for you in Detroit
3: especially since the Broncos are down some draft picks for next year and uh, George Payton loves to have 10 overall, you know, you brought up that point first, Scott months ago, and I love it that they could have another Benson trade at the end of preseason And honestly, my money would be on Kendall Hinton. He's the only one that really has value. You know, he's experienced. He's getting better as a receiver. You know, he can play quarterback if you need him to. He's a Hall of Famer. I put that in quotes. He might have some trade value. And yeah, you're right. If they're only keeping six and they're dead set on that and you have three or four guys you also like, why not flip them for a draft pick and add to that war chest for next season?
0: Yeah, Michaela comes in. Uh, We call this the golden sombrero. You go You go. brace, hat trick, for his golden sombreros i was also impressed with coach uh coach hack how he was cheering interacting with the players a breath of fresh air without a doubt you know he's i've kind of called him like a big golden retriever you know just big bright-eyed and bushy tail and he's got a big permagrant on his face and you can tell he as stupid as this sounds as easy and simple as this sounds there was no place he would rather be than the head coach of being the denver broncos you never got that feeling. And this is an oversimplification, you know, watching the, the, uh, watching the press conference and stuff, man, Vic Fangio wanted to be anywhere, but where he was, it was, and maybe it's because he knew he was already out. I mean, I called him dead man walking like week five. It's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I got to come up here and keep BSing my way through these press conferences until they fire me officially, but man, breath of fresh air. Indeed. Thank you so much.
3: Vic Fangio would have rather have been at Teddy Bridgewater's birthday party than coaching the Broncos last year on multiple occasions. Uh, it's not just a breath, though, Michaela. I agree with your point, and thank you so much for another super. It's like if you hooked up fresh air to a major industrial size fan and just blew it <laughs> in Dove Valley continuously 24-7, that's what it is now. I mean, you couldn't Straight have gone from one end of the spectrum to another like you did from Fangio to Hackett. This is why... I, myself, Chad, Scott, a lot of people in the Broncos fear were wanting Hackett to be the head coach. This is one of the reasons.
0: Yeah. And the offensive mind, I know that was a big deal for uh for Zach. You know, who's the quarterback whisperer? And well, you know, James come in and says, you know, Josh Johnson has absolutely improved throughout his uh and only his career, and only one organization has seen that. He was dropping 35 to 40 yard dimes. Great backup. Yeah. I mean, talk about you you think he's happy to be in denver right now backing up russell wilson you're you're damn skippy he is you know and um and man like i said there's a reason why i don't know what it is yet but he's 36 years old and hasn't stuck anywhere so there's chinks in the armor somewhere but i saw a guy that i can get through a couple of games with if i need to for sure for sure and thank you james he throws a really nice
3: ball too, Johnson, very catchable, a tight spiral. And he reminds me of like a Tyrod Taylor. You know, he's maybe not a full-time starting quarterback, but he's a damn good backup. And the Broncos finally found that guy behind Russell Wilson.
0: Clay Wise coming in with some stars on Facebook. Thank you, Clay. Thank you. said, Hack- Hackett's locker room speech was infectious. We haven't had a head coach with that kind of energy in a long time. There, You know, and there aren't that many that are like that. Um, it'll wear off on him a little bit. You know, it, it's the, you know, I, I can always use the, the nuclear thing. You know, if you win 20 in the show, you can have fungus on your shower shoes and they'll call you colorful. He's super energetic and super, he's, he's, I mean, people call Russell goofy and Nathaniel Hackett's a little goofy, yeah. you know, he's, he's super fun. That works early. I think the, the job and the stress and the pressure will smooth out those edges a little bit. And, and he'll be, it's not always going to be like this, but by God, this is his first time being a head coach in the NFL and he's having fun. God bless him for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, everything is fun in games and well and dandy and when you're winning and when it's preseason. Again, I want to see what happens and how Hackett responds as a coach when adversity strikes. When they lose a game, they get blown out, they have another tough injury they're dealing with. He's already battled them back from two instances like that. The Tim Patrick injury and also the rough practice the offense had where Russell Wilson was visibly frustrated. Hackett regathered them and he was a head coach of the entire team, Scott. He wasn't focusing Just on offense. That's the one of the biggest drawbacks of Fangio. He was a glorified defensive coordinator. He was never a head coach. And so far, Nathaniel Hackett has embraced that, but you're right. It's gonna wear off. There's gonna be times where they're going through a losing spell, perhaps, and Hackett's, you know, uh, golden retriever antics won't work. They're gonna kind of tune him out just a little bit, but he'll grow. And like you said, I think that's a great way to put it. The edges will be smoothed uh from that adversity.
0: Or, you know, or the smooth will be rougher. However you want to think about it. He will. He will have, he will get rougher edges as he, as he moves along. And, and the, you know, again, it's, it's, it's new to him too. And like I said, he's enjoying it. And by God, I'm ex- I'm, I'm happy for him. You're, you're happy for him watching him. I mean, again, it's fun. It, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Um, let me see James coming in again, real quick. James has been a monster tonight. Kind of like that predator in his, in his picture it says Vic Fangio needs NFL deserves a job as a defensive coordinator in the NFL deserves i don't know um you know that's a big word but i think if vic fangio wanted a job he'd have a job now is what job does he want i don't know and is it available yet probably not but he's got probably 30 35 40 million reasons he doesn't have to take just any old job so he has gotten paid by the denver broncos to not coach and um he made a bunch while he was uh, while he was a coach, and he got you know he's he's getting paid to sit out this year too. So um, he doesn't have to work. He's older and he's rich.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get the whole you know contract. He doesn't have to work, but it just rubbed me the wrong way entirely when he's out the door and he goes, "If they fire me, I'll have a job in five minutes." And, you know, if he if – he, Scott, if he was this renowned defensive genius and mastermind, he would have a job in the NFL. So I well, think falling back on the contract thing is a little bit of an excuse that he's not as in demand as people make him out to be. No, I,
0: I will just say from a PR standpoint, he's a buffoon, okay? Oh, yeah. If he had any kind of tact, which we know he doesn't, we've been watching his press conferences, he would have said, I will have job offers. I will have my opportunities, which you can't prove one way or another so you yeah. know he's what he, what he has is no tact he's got no people skills no management skills he is has a good track record as a defensive coordinator and has a good reputation as a defensive coordinator um, but put a microphone in front of him and try and have him run a team and have all of the big management skills they call the baseball guy the manager for a reason not the head coach have him be a manager and he failed miserably and he acted like a 22 year old kid instead of a grown man i, I said zach i feel like an idiot you know this guy's probably got 15 years on me and i feel like i'm talking down to a child watching him in his press conferences it's silly the emperor um, has no clothes. glp coming in with some stars glp we love you Thank this you. is good evening zach and scott i'm blown away by how this team has totally turned itself around russ and hack is just a bonus that's a pretty good
3: bonus to have, though, when you have a franchise quarterback and a long-term head coach, we think, in Nathaniel Hackett. But, yeah, I mean, the team, listen, we've, I, I don't want to keep hammering home the same hashtag I, I started years ago. I'll say it once more, coaching, coaching, coaching. The Broncos have a great roster already, and e- even a decent coach would get more out of the roster than Vic Fangio did. But when you have that head coach who's right for them, when you have a coach who the players love playing for, they would run through a wall. For Nathaniel Hackett that just makes you want to come to work it makes you want to be better and makes you want to be more successful and sure enough the Broncos came out and dominated Dallas in preseason week one
0: I don't know what it is it sounds very very superstitious but there's probably been scientific studies to prove that somebody with a voice like Dwayne Stukes commands your attention oh yeah you know it's just booming you know, it's like when he talks, I mean, I, I sit up in my when he starts talking, I sit up in my chair. I'm like, Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I'm what do you need me to do? You know, it, it's instead of, yeah, we didn't do that right, that's on me. You know, I uh well I'll have to coach him better. Dude, you know, so you know, this guy he speaks with authority, and that's it's a it's a different kind of you know, and you need different voices, different types of voices. You know, I, I think you've got the in this case, you know, in the Belichick era, we know who the executioner is. You know, Bill Belichick's the executioner. He's earned that. He's been a coach for 30-something years. So you're, you're going to need the bad guy on there. And there's definitely some folks on this staff that have the – that'll play the bad guy if they need to. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> – They're definitely play? not a bad guy. Jesse coming in. said time to be a fall guy. The best season. Let's ride. It feels like fall as soon as kids are back in school, football's on. It's only August 14th, but it sure feels like fall to me, Zach. It literally cannot get here soon
3: enough. I've exhausted my manscaped equipment, Scott, considering how <laughs> hot it's been outside day after day after day. And uh, thankfully, I think the hot weather is behind us now. Fall is my favorite season by far. I cannot wait uh, for
0: the weather to change. Zach Zach was on earlier, and he's like, Zzz. Is this thing supposed to be smoking? <laughs> so um, it's, uh, it's maybe it's time to hit up that, that manscaped.com and code MHH for 20% off and That's free right. shipping. Thank you, Jess. Appreciate it. All right. We're at 40 minutes. We're actually, you know, I couldn't believe it. Normally, when I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the clock, and Zach's like, sometimes it goes fast, but uh, it goes fast. But this time, I'm like, wait a minute. How do we get to 40 minutes already? Yeah. So we're going to keep it to in the neighborhood of 45 or so, unless y'all you know, make us stick around and we will like Chief big Billy says, he says, I don't worry, Scott. I love all my priests equally. What I love about Hackett is he's so genuine, clearly loves teaching and his players uh, without a doubt, you, you hear the, them say all the time, the worst thing you can be is fake. The players are smart. Like 65% of the players have college degrees. You know, they're, they're smart guys. Uh, they will sniff out a phony and they will wait you out because they've got contracts and they're more valuable and if they'll if you're not if you're a phony coach you'll be gone in a year they'll still be there so they'll wait you out they'll sniff you out and, they'll, and well we've had our example haven't we <laughs> the, the players are still there the coaching staff changed I appreciate you coming in cbb It's because Hackett treats the players like they're
3: human beings and not like they're robots or chess pieces like Vic Fangio did. You you mentioned the lack of tact that he had. That's such a great way to put it. He had none, and I'm sure in that locker room he talked down to players. I mean, Vic Fangio's first press conference, he was criticizing Von Miller. I mean, that's the way he started off. How did Nathaniel Hackett start off? Before he even was hired... On this podcast, we played the video of him um, having a film study session, and he was literally orgasmic in breaking down a fake handoff. I mean, that's he loves the game that much, and it's infectious. It rubs off on you, you and me, Scott, let alone Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, you and me and everyone else. That's why he's so good for this team.
0: And James comes in again, and uh, he says, a good coach to you does a good prefs conference. I think that was at, at, directed at me. Um, and And no – Um, one, I was talking about difference from coaching and being a manager, being the, if you're, you see it a lot in college when they go from being a really good coordinator, all they have to do is X's and O's and deal with their players to being ahead of the program. It's different. It is all different responsibilities from dealing with the boosters, from dealing with the press It is a different responsibilities from coming from I'm the defensive coordinator and my job is to scheme X's and O's. To Now I am the face of this franchise and I'm the first one front and center and I have to, again, man management, PR, all of that type of stuff. So do I think Vic Fangio was a good manager? No, I do not. I didn't say anything about him being a coach. It's not that a coach has to have a
3: good press conference. It's that Fangio was so bad at them and, and so glaringly bad at his
0: responsibilities, as you laid out, Scott. And and which also then, if he's that bad and it's it's it was it was egotistical and immature at the same time. I, I saw a comic when I, my first year out in California. He says, you know, the people out here, they're they're insecure but full of themselves. I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. You know, and that's kind of how he, 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 it was like, he was always giving us his resume. The worst I've ever, I saw him act all last year was after a win. The way he acted after the Dallas you know, shoulder there. It's like, yeah, I I told you it was, you know, I told you I was awesome. Told you I was awesome. I am awesome. Dude, (laughs) you have a 15 and 40 record. Your team's a stunk. How about just a little bit of humility? What that does is it just gives you a little insight into how he deals with everyone else. Exactly. That's what it does, James. And All right, here we go. go. John Clay eventing coming in says Evening, gents, with Griffith's injury, does this begin to scream? Roquan Smith. Sorry if you have already covered this. And actually, we haven't. Uh, did a little research coming in on, on Joe Scobert. Um, which might be the maybe not a scream, but at least uh, a text message. Um, as far as do you, you know, do you do you start bringing in some somebody else, Zach? Um, do you do you kick the tires on Roquan? I would love Roquan Smith. My first tweet after the Griffith
3: injury last night was Roquan Smith now, but I just don't see how the Broncos can afford the uh, compensation it would require to trade for him, nor the contract that Roquan wants. So it's more of a pipe dream, though. He would make this defense even better than we saw yesterday. I think they're going to look in-house first, kind of like what they did at wide receiver. You know, Sternod had a good game yesterday. Singleton looked decent in spurts. You have Josie Jewell. And Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Scott, this is a defense with Evero where you're not going to rely on the inside linebacker that much. You might need just three or four to get by max. I don't think they're going to make a big splash uh, at that position.
0: Yeah, and if this were a season ender, we might have right. a different conversation. Sure. But as far as we're concerned at this point, it could be very similar to he's not going to play in the preseason. Okay. Uh, we'll be ready for week one. Ready for week one is, you know, probably that would be a stretch for me. Um, but you know, could he be full speed week three? Yeah, he could. So I don't think you go out. I don't think you necessarily need to go out and, and go get. Spend resources on on another player like that. Appreciate you, John. Uh, coming in coming in orange like that. Uh, James, real quick, says uh, I want to see Russell in the preseason. What's you know? What are you? I-, I thought it would be hard. It's awfully tempting, especially at home. First year head coach. You got your quarterback. You get all these fans. But you know what? They made you forget about that pretty quick with their play. Again, the Denver Broncos are going to always be the bigger story than any big one individual. And going out there and beating the Cowboys butts gave you a chance to see everybody else. I I don't want to see him play He's a 33-year-old veteran. Keep him healthy. Put him in freaking bubble wrap.
3: People have said to me on Twitter, because I don't want the Broncos to play Russell Wilson for one snap into week one at Seattle. Everyone's saying, oh, just one series, all quick hitters, you know, no quarterback hits. A, you can't control him getting hit. And B, what's the point? What is one series that's so... simplified going to do for Russell Wilson or the entire Broncos offense. But you lost Tim Patrick for the season. You just lost Jonas Griffith on the second snap of the game yesterday. The Broncos have terrible injury luck. He is the key, not just for this year, but for the next five to 10 years. I am keeping Russell Wilson mothballed until Seattle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that should be uh, should be fun. Um, Drew Locke had a good day as well. May have moved ahead into the starting. So we, put, we could be inching closer to our Drew Locke against, because um, Geno Smith had been the number one going in, but there's been some clamorings for Drew Locke to be the starter. So we could get Drew Locke versus Russell Wilson week one, which would be very, very entertaining for sure. Uh, Kevin Gray comes in with a compliment and a question. Says, great pod, Zach and Scott. And will we see Scott in the morning? Let's ride. Yep, Broncos for breakfast returns tomorrow, 730 Mountain uh from now until probably after the draft so we're back we're back baby we're back thanks for asking kevin thanks for the reminder um winding down here a little bit i wanted to show this one phil came in with some stars again on facebook says uh we we touched on this a little bit but what did you think about special teams play um i dynamic and competent both uh the there was there was competency in the kick coverage teams uh the opening it, was, it may have been a punt. I don't think it was a kickoff. I saw Baron Browning on punt coverage or kick, I can't remember now, early in the third quarter, right in right the beginning of the second half, uh, went down and kind of got under a pile, and he reached down for his knee. I was like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but then he was back. Then he was back, and I'm like, okay, good. Um, but Montreal Washington looked like he was what you expect him to be, what you're hoping he would be, and the kick coverage units looked terrific. Nice. I'm excited.
3: They also blocked a punt yesterday. So in one preseason game, they were more effective than anything in the Tom McMahon era. That's the best way to put it. Dwayne Stukes, I did not know much about him in LA. I am so happy the Broncos hired him. He's going to be what they needed on that side of the ball for years. Real quick before we get out of here, though, I don't know if we – um Got Michaela's last super. Michaela jumping in again. Thank you so so much, Michaela. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela asked Hack being able to manage a clock is already up one on Fangio. Thank you God for him being gone. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to make tonight's podcast pure Vic Fangio hate. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad Nathaniel Hackett's the coach. But you just see though in a limited sample size. All the Broncos were missing from their coaching. And I'll say it again, coaching, coaching, coaching. It's the difference between what you saw last year, a seven and 10 squad versus what could be a 11 and six, 12 and five squad.
0: Past three years, you get the ball back in a preseason game with a minute left on the clock in your own territory, you're taking a knee. Yeah. You know, and the players don't want it. The players aren't out there to play like that. The players, everybody started playing this game when they were little because it's fun. That's why. And taking a knee isn't fun. And that just goes against everything that got these guys into the game to begin with. Yeah, we want to go try and score. So it's, it's all different, Michaela. And that's a, a very good, nice, easy indicator right there. Uh, you know, just going for it. Simple things. Um, let me see. There was one other thing. We're about to just about to wrap it up um let me see oh yeah this is what i want to hit Real comment from antonio jones appreciate you antonio coming in on youtube so the run game was not the best but glad hackett addressed it too and he did um you know and and i actually cut that up and put it up as a video what his biggest disappointment was um on the uh the mile high huddle youtube channel and it was the running game so i look at the running game and zach the left side of the line was getting annihilated in the very beginning of the game. And it was Zach Johnson and Quinn Bailey. Okay. What's the problem with the running game? (laughs) Uh, At this point, you know, he's like, we need to figure out how we get that block better. We want to take a look at this. I'll tell you why. In this case, it's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Yes. You switch, you switch those guys out with Reisner and Bowles. And then we get a, and and Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon. And we get a better idea of the running game. Um, Cushenberry there's an interesting story. He didn't start. He didn't play. Has he solidified himself that much as a starter that he's made himself untouchable? That's kind of interesting to me because Luke Wattenberg, who looked good getting to the second level, looked very active, but was not strong at the point of attack. So I've got my three guys across the line. Uh, Blocking was Albert Okawebanam, who did some good, some bad the left side of the Broncos offensive line, the unit they had out there got hammered early trying to run the ball. Zach. Yeah, this is one of the situations,
3: not like the passing game, where you need your starters in there. The running game, it, it starts in the trenches. It starts with the players up front. You nailed it, Scott. The Broncos not having their starting O-line, which we don't even really know what that starting O-line is going to look like come week one, and not having the Broncos starting running backs also kind of hurt as well. This is something I'm letting play out uh, through the preseason and into week one. If they can't run the ball against Seattle, then I'll press the panic button.
0: Yeah, and James says, I agree with – what. what's your prediction? Is Russell going to play a series in the preseason? Uh, I don't know. Based on what Hackett said, doesn't seem like he's going to get all that work.
3: Maybe a series, but would you – is it worth it? I mean, why even risk that? I, I would if just you... – be safe if in you were programs. gonna
0: do it if you were gonna do it last night would have been the perfect time at home as a an open, opener let's reward the fans that came out to the first preseason game true um and and as a thank you for nothing else um they've gotten in plenty of work you know oh yeah russell needs a work yep yeah. the dude's been throwing to his receivers since march <laughs> you know so you know there's there's timing down there so um and Mike, Mike has come in actually, and, and Mike, I apologize. He says I guess his comments might be blocked. Um, I no, I apologize, Mike. I just I've had a little more trouble keeping up on Facebook than I do on YouTube. Uh, I'm gonna read a couple of them here because he, Mike, Mike's come in with some stars and has been patient. Um, he says hopefully Johnson will be our QB two since he has the mobility to imitate uh, Wilson to a point. Uh, I would just want him to be number two because he looked like he was effective in moving the ball. Yes. Um, I think he's more toolsy. You know, as far as, I think he's got a better arm than Brett Rippon. Uh, he's got better mobility than Brett Rippon, which you hit on. So um, a couple of those for for sure. Um, that's why I would want Johnson to be number two. I think he's better, just plain and simple.
3: He led two scoring drives. What more do you want to see out of him? Brett Rippon did nothing with his, with his opportunity against, you know, third and fourth uh, teamers.
0: Yeah, and Mike also said, he says, the Broncos looked really good, but still much work to do to make the postseason dance. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, Um, but again, it was the, the scheming of things, the discipline, the lack of big mistakes and penalties, the clock management, the special teams coverage, all was crisp. And this was a debut, not just for Hackett, but for his coordinators as well. You know, this is a young coaching staff across the board um and you know it's not like they ran out there with oh you had your quarterback that's been out there you know it's not like you're out there with matt ryan and the atlanta falcons who's been the quarterback for 15 years and runs his own damn practice no you're out there with josh johnson he of 17 teams in 14 years so it it was a very very good debut no other way to put it was it perfect no of course it wasn't perfect you know it was only 17 to 7 you know if it was there, there was points left on the field, for sure. Um, you're not always going to play against a team that's going to give you 17 crucial penalties, but the early returns were positive without a doubt on the whole. It's going to sound stupid, but I don't want the Broncos
3: to be perfect in the first preseason game. I want them to get the mistakes out of the way. And I don't want them to peak in August. I want them to peak in December. So, I mean, it was a very encouraging debut. I'm not putting too much stock in a preseason victory, but like Scott said, he used the C word competency competency has returned to Denver in every facet. And the overarching, uh, takeaway from yesterday's game was that this is a whole different team,
0: a whole different era. I agree. Um, and it's been, an exciting night tonight on the chat. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, Raul comes in and says, uh, please make sure to like the podcast on both platforms, YouTube and Facebook. You, Good advice. Uh, the liking and sharing on Facebook has been extra beneficial. I think they uh, understand that they've kind of lost some of the content providers to YouTube. <laughs> so they're trying to win us back. So the more you can like and share, the better it is for us. Uh, real quick James coming in James has been a beast Javante baby let's go Broncos yeah oh, yeah I mean think of what you didn't see last night <laughs> you know as good as things look think of what you didn't see Corlin Sutton Russell Wilson Javante Williams Melvin Gordon I'm interested in KJ Hamler what's he what's he gonna bring to the table Bradley Chubb you know from all uh, indication Bradley Chubb looks like he's ready to have his best season so all of those good things Zach Again, all in all, it was a hell of a debut. I'm pretty excited for Broncos country. Yeah, the
3: Broncos have not had a 1,200-yard rusher since 2004, and that was Ruben Drones. Allow Javante to change that this season.
0: I, I think it's possible. They, you know, we're, We've talked about can they have uh, two 1,000-yard rushers. Yes, they weren't that far off last year. It was like 900 and 900. It was pretty close last year. And I think even with 10% more plays, you could – to end up with that many more yards. I just think it's going to be, instead of a 50 50 split, at worst, 55 45. So I think you can get 2000 yards rushing, but I think it would be closer to 1200, 800, 1250, 750. But we haven't even seen those guys yet. Mike says, thanks, Scott and Zach. Great show tonight. Denver Broncos for life. Mile high huddle. Zach, I think it's about time to get us out of here. I just did the
3: math, something I don't like doing. And, you know, 1,200 yards for 17 games is 70 yards a game. It's not that Mm -hmm. out of the realm of possibility that Javante can hit that. And I think he will, uh, all things being equal. But, again, guys, as Scott said, that was the Mile High Huddle podcast for this evening, our gut reaction to the Broncos' outstanding debut against the Dallas Cowboys. We are back on tomorrow evening. It'll be Scott and I filling in for chat again, and you have Broncos for breakfast in the morning. But – until that time, I can't find the thing, but y'all know where to find us on Twitter at <laughs> Huddle Up Pod. Follow me <laughs> an account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Uh, follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy and myself at Kelberman NFL. If you guys haven't go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your merch on. Check out our inventory right now. All new website. I promise y'all will like it. And Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure to like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do any of those things, as you see ticking below you, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos
0: fans just like you. Scott, any last words? Uh, No, I needed this tonight. It was a long weekend, and uh, you being here and and doing the show with you, certainly helped lift my spirits and I hope we were able to do a little of that for you as well and I'm looking forward to seeing y'all tomorrow I was not so angry tonight so we're off to a
3: good start this season <laughs> I appreciate you stepping in Scott look forward to potting with you tomorrow have a great rest of your weekend guys take care and as always go Broncos
2: you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join Broncos country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com to keep the conversation going